If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Truth in My Days podcast is sponsored by the Truth in My Days ministry. Welcome to the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hello all. Just as a reminder, this is part 29 of a multi-part series. Today, we have Sonia interviewing John. We have been looking at the question of the age of the earth and whether that is important or not. We saw that the Bible does teach that the earth is about 6,000 years old which contradicts the claim of secular science that is 4.6 billion years old. Some apologists, the so-called old age creationists, accept that the earth is 4.6 billion years old and say that teaching it is 6,000 years old, which is young earth creationism, is a stumbling block to apologetics and drives people away from the gospel. If that were so, we still cannot change what the Bible says about this. And in fact, the broad data seems to show the opposite. We lose people when we compromise about what the Bible says about creation. The most comprehensive study of which we know on this issue found that believing the Bible has errors in it, as it would if it were to be wrong about creation, is a much more significant factor in causing young people to abandon the church than is supposed contradiction between the Bible and secular science. We saw the world's top Hebrew experts from leading universities who do not believe in inerrancy, so do not feel the need to make the Bible fit with the claims of secular science, all agree that Genesis 1 certainly teaches that God created the world in six earth rotation 24-hour days. Then we began to look at what is said by Christians who argue the earth is 4.6 billion years old, and we saw that they not only make certain errors about the laws of science, but particularly that they overlooked the fact that the entire creation week was a week of miraculous activity. Laws of science did not take over the operation of the universe until after the six days of creation were finished. Furthermore, scientific data such as radiometric dating that supposedly shows the earth is 4.6 billion years old only does so if invalid assumptions are used. Much scientific data actually shows the Earth is young. Next, we looked at the arguments old age creationists raised to deny the plain meaning of Genesis 1, such as claiming the word translated day here cannot mean long periods of time, but in fact, in the form in which it appears in Genesis 1, it can only mean an Earth rotation 24-hour day or the daylight portion of it. We saw that plants could indeed have been made appear in one day and Adam could have certainly named all the animals that existed within a day. We also saw day 7 is a 24-hour day, even though the ending is not mentioned. God rested or ceased from his creative work. This cannot mean the day continues until now. Now, it should be noted the age of the earth is not a salvific issue. A Christian is saved regardless of what he believes about the age of the earth. Nevertheless, Christian teachers and apologists still need to teach the biblical truth about this matter. We cannot deny what the Bible says and still maintain that we are upholding biblical authority. Old age creationists bring up a canard of the church opposing Galileo's idea that the earth moves about the sun. But actually, it was the scientists of the day who opposed this view. The Bible does not actually say the earth does not move in space. It does say 
that God created the world in a maximum of 7,687 years ago. In addition, attempts to separate the first two verses of Genesis 1 from the rest of the chapter to allow for long passages of time between verse 2 and verse 3 also fail. The days do not begin with, and God said, as a phrase appears more than once in the same day a couple of times. It is the formula that there was an evening and morning, the xth day that marks the end of each day. So that all before it belongs to the day, meaning day one started with in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Day seven does not require this closing formula because it is not followed by another day of creation. If we look at the tenses of the verbs in the Hebrew text, we see that in the first two verses, they are perfect and after that imperfect. But that does not indicate the passage of time between Genesis 2 and 3. This actually is a standard style of historical narrative. There are things in the Bible that modern science has helped clarify, such as Jesus' healing of the blind man in Mark 8, 22-25. But none of these contradict what the text says. We looked at the gambit that there could be billions of years between the days, but we saw that does not work. The creation of all plants in a 24-hour day 3, and then billion years later, creation of the sun in a 24-hour day 4, and the creation of land animals on a 24-hour day 6 cannot be reconciled with the old age secular science. So unable to reconcile biblical creation account with secular science, some old age creationists have resorted to claiming creation account in Genesis 1 was never intended to be taken as history, but as a metaphor. However, there's nothing in the text to justify such a claim. This approach opens the doors to writing off all the miracles in the Bible as mere metaphors. Furthermore, treating Genesis 1 as a metaphor is only the start. It then becomes dramatized history and then mytho-history. Evangelical scholars go from treating the Bible like any other book to show that it is not like any other book, to treating the Bible like any other book, to apparently treating the Bible like any other book because it is like any other book. Genesis becomes indistinguishable from Mesopotamian and Babylonian ancient Near Eastern literature. It should be noted, the Bible warned us long ago in 1 Timothy 6.20 not to be misled by false signs. We also saw that the biblical writers told us they were not following myths and warned us to stay away from myths. So the idea that any part of the Bible is a myth or mytho-history is a non-starter. It is not comparable to ancient Mesopotamian and Babylonian myths. Furthermore, claiming Genesis 1 only seeks to teach who created the world and not how he did it is a non-starter. Verse 1 already tells us who created it. The rest of Genesis 1 and 2 certainly tell us how. Nor can Genesis 1 teach us so-called transcendent truths if the claims it makes about what God did are false. In addition, once the plain meaning of what is taught in Genesis 1 is reduced to myth, so are other parts of Genesis, including the fall of man. We are told there was no snake, no actual trees, no fruit. Now we continue the discussion. Now, Dr. Craig tells us that look, he holds to this progenitorship, universal progenitorship of Adam and Eve. It's a fundamental theological truth. Now, the idea that there were lots of people around at the time is, is unacceptable to him, and it is unacceptable. But is he really holding to this, at least in a biblical sense? Is he? Let's, let's listen to his view then of the universal progenitorship of Adam and Eve. But then the fact that you believe in a historical Adam and Eve 
would suggest to me that you believe the Genesis account that they uh, that they were directly created from God, by God, not sort of evolving from apes mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, am I representing your view accurately? Yes, uh, I think that it's perfectly possible scientifically that Adam and Eve were de novo creations out of animate materials rather than out of pre-existing hominins. Well, if he gives up six days, 24 hours creation, because that doesn't fit with secular science, how come he, he's still willing to hold on to Adam and Eve as being directly created instead of evolving from hominids as secular science would demand? Well, we'll see in a moment whether that is really what he holds to. But I find a couple of things very strange here. Please note that this is a multi-part series. If you have missed any episodes and would like to listen to them, they will all be available on our YouTube channel and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can find the links to these on our website, truthinmydays.com, or you can look for Truth In My Days on YouTube as one word. He says that it's perfectly possible scientifically that God created Adam and Eve de novo out of inanimate materials. Do you see a little problem with that? Well, when God created them, even out of existing materials, that's still a miracle because that in, um, in the ordinary course of things, we don't have life coming from non-living matter. That violates the law of biogenesis. Exactly. Of course, God could and did create human beings uh, de novo out of inanimate materials, but that's a miracle. It's out of the purview of science. To, so, to say that it's perfectly possible scientifically doesn't even make sense. However, if, if he sees that, that it's perfectly possible, the question then becomes, why not accept it? Does he accept it? Let's continue. But given that we're dealing here with a mytho-history, I'm not at all confident that that's true. In fact, quite the opposite. I, I think that the creation of Eve out of Adam's rib is almost undeniably figurative language, uh, rather than describing an actual surgery that took place with this rib floating in the air and then being formed into a woman. And even God's creating Adam out of dirt and then blowing into his nose again, seems to be very, very anthropomorphic and figurative. So I think that the narratives of Genesis 1, given their genre, leave it open as to how God created Adam and Eve. And that makes it a scientific question. Wow. Well, one problem I see already is that the, the narrative of Genesis shows that it's historical. And also, what, what's what's the problem? I mean, what what's, what chemicals are in the the dirt, the the carbon, and so on, and, and in the rib? Why couldn't God rearrange the atoms and create a human? Well, here here is the the root of the problem. Here, he just said it's possible. It's absolutely possible that God did do that. But given that the genre is mytho history, so having decided that there's a bunch of myths in there. You get to choose what you want to believe. And he told us, and it's perfectly possible that it happened exactly the way Genesis 1 says, 
But given that there's myths in there, I don't think so. So you pick the genre wrongly, and then you use that to toss out any elements you don't want to believe for one reason or another, even though you've admitted that it's certainly possible to have happened that way. And you heard what he said about the rib, right? Yes. It's just so silly, a rib floating around out there. Does Genesis 1 ever say the rib floated around? No. No, it's it's not... It's not that God couldn't make the rib float if he wanted to, but it doesn't say that. It simply says God took a rib from Adam and made it into a woman. But this this almost seems like, oh, let's make it sound ridiculous. Oh, a rib floating around there just sounds so ridiculous. And and then the punchline which says, well, given its mytho history, this stuff sounds ridiculous. I don't think so. Well, since we can't accept what the Bible says in Toto on this, it becomes a scientific question. Does it really? Well, he seems to be jumping back and forth. At first he says it's scientifically possible, then he says it's a myth, and now he's saying it's a scientific question. What he's saying here, yes, it's, uh, he's basically saying, let's go with what science says. Science will rule here. Genesis says certain things, but it's mytho history. We don't have to accept what it says. Science gets to rule here. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part, same time and same place. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. If you like our content, please share this information with family and friends. It helps us a lot. We also would love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook Instagram, and YouTube by searching Truth In My Days as one word again. Truth In My Days as one word. No spaces in between. Or reach us by email at info at truthinmydays.com. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.